0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So last week we talked about um, the kingdom. It was kind of like a basic kingdom one-on-one message. And I wanted to kind of get into another a message. I entitled it something different. I said God rhymes. God rhymes. How many of y'all used to grow up listening to like nursery rhymes and stuff? Nursery rhymes, right? Nursery rhymes. Name out your favorite nursery rhyme. Hurry up. Give it to me. I didn't say it. itsy-bitsy spot. There's one. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall, right? What What else? What else? Green eggs in hand. There we go. Green eggs in hand. There we go. What about rappers? Rappers. Favorite rappers. Everybody don't want to look bad. Everybody's like, I'm not gonna say that. Yeah. Tupac, Eminem, Biggie. Tupac makes the noise. Tupac fans. Biggie fans, Biggie fans. Yeah, I think Biggie got it, bro. You think Biggie got it? And so we're talking about like like, what do you mean God rhymes? Like God, like, God actually put in the Scriptures these things called parables. Say parables. They're not necessarily rhymes, but they're, they're, they're different writings with different meanings, right? And I want to kind of jump into, like, the, the writings of Jesus, the parables of Jesus when he was talking about the kingdom. Say the kingdom. Since we're talking about the next three weeks, we're talking about the kingdom, I wanted to get into, like, what I think is one of the most important parables about the kingdom really. And so it's about the sower and the four soils, right? The sower and the four soils. But before we jump into that, I wanted to talk about when Jesus went about preaching the gospel, he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom, right? We talked about that last week. When Jesus was going from city to city, he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And in these different cities and in these different towns, the audience wasn't always receptive to the message, right? Imagine going out here, walking down the street or walking into your favorite grocery store or walking into a neighborhood where you knew people weren't down with the message of Jesus. And Jesus started to preach and proclaim about this kingdom. Now, everywhere he went, he did, he, he demonstrated what life was like in the kingdom of God. So if there was a sickness, right, there is no such thing as sickness in the kingdom of God because the two kingdoms can't stand together. And so he would heal the sick to demonstrate what life was like in the kingdom, Right? There was a man who was blind. He would heal him, and he would be able to see. A deaf man be able to hear. Dead man would rise from the dead. Right? Demonic possessed man or woman would be free from the demon. Because in the kingdom of God, there's liberty, freedom, healing, and wholeness. Right? So he was even in these different cities, and it was different cities that didn't repent and didn't follow Jesus, didn't accept the message of the kingdom. We read about that in Matthew 11, 20, 24. It says, he began to rebuke the cities in which he did most of his great works there because they did not repent, right? So let's just be real. When I was young, I heard the gospel message at a young age, and I didn't receive the message. How many of y'all like me? You heard the gospel message at one time and didn't receive it. You're like, yeah, whatever. I've heard it a million times. But there's something different when you encounter the living Jesus, am I right? There's something different when you meet him for yourself because when you meet him for yourself, everything changes. And so these people didn't actually encounter, they were listening, they were hearing about him, but they didn't really encounter him. And some other people sought to trick him, right? They were trying to accuse him of things. They were trying to accuse him of breaking the law, the law of the time, the commandments of the time, right? Matthew 12, you read about it, 9 verse 14. It says this, behold, there was a man with a withered hand, meaning he, he had a crippled hand. And they asked him, they asked Jesus saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, right? So that they couldn't accuse him. So they tried to trick him, right? They tried to trick. How many of y'all ever tried to have been tricked before? You got asked a question, you know what I mean? Knowing that if you gave the answer, they were going to condemn you, right? You ever been there before? At work or in school or, or, or in your family? He said to them, right, he said to them this. He says, what man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it fell into a pit on the Sabbath, would you not lay your hands on it and pull it out? He says, how much more valuable is this man than a sheep? I love what Jesus does. A lot of times Jesus doesn't even answer the question. He answers the question with another question. And to get them to think about what they would do, right, if they lost a sheep, now, we don't have sheep. Any of y'all have a sheep? Somebody, anybody ever had a sheep before? Ever had a sheep before? One thing I do know about sheep: I've never had a sheep, but they are, they are kind of dumb creatures, right? They're not the smartest creatures to walk around the earth. And I could just picture this, like a sheep, if there was a pit right here, I could just picture a sheep walking right up and falling right into the pit, right? And So if I was a keeper, if I was a, a shepherd of the sheep, I would constantly be, right, pulling my sheep out of things, rescuing my sheep from destruction. Ain't it funny that the Bible talks about Jesus being the shepherd and us being the sheep, right? And we find ourselves in these situations where the shepherd has to come and rescue us from our destruction and our mess-ups all the time. Amen? So this was the reason that Jesus began to speak in parables or remix his message, right? Or write these rhymes, as we said, right? He was basically saying, oh, this is how you want to play it? You want to try to trick me? You want to try to condemn me? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to remix my message, and I'm going to give it to you in these rhymes. I'm going to give it to you in these parables. That way you can't like, I'm not coming straight up saying that the kingdom of God is at hand. This is what life is like in the kingdom. I'm going to talk about things that you can relate to like a sheep falling into a pit, right? There's a message or there's a scripture in Matthew 13 says, his disciples came to him. Why do you speak to them in parables, he said. The disciples like, why do you talk, right, in these remixed parables? He answers, says, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have in abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So he's speaking in this remixed flow, remixed raps, remixed rhymes, as we're talking about, and, he's, and we call them parables. The problems Jesus faced that many people, though they had ears, right, they weren't hearing and understanding what he's saying. How many of y'all grew up like me in elementary school or middle school or even worse in high school, you're here and you're in the class, your book is open, you have your pen in the hand and the teacher's talking and your mind is somewhere totally different? Raise your hand. Right? I, they, they, they used to call me a daydreamer because I'd be thinking of everything except what the teacher was teaching. So I was in the room. I had ears. I was actually hearing the words that he was saying, but he sounded like the Charlie Brown teacher. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Charlie Brown. And I wasn't understanding one word that was coming out of the teacher's mouth. So this is why. This was the problem that Jesus was having right we read about in the same chapter Matthew 13 hearing you will hear and not understand seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of the people have grown dull their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes have been closed lest they should see their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts and turn from their sins so that i should heal them now they had ears they could hear it wasn't like they had a problem hearing and they had to go to the medical doctor. They had, they had eyes. They could see. It's not like they had to go, you know, get LASIK surgery and, and update their prescription. What he was talking about is something spiritual. He was talking about he had this message of his kingdom, and yet they weren't even seeing what he was doing right in front of them. They weren't even hearing and understanding the message. Right, so to illustrate this problem, Jesus told this parable that we know as the parable of the sower and the seed, or of the four soils. Right, it was told by Jesus to illustrate the different reactions to the gospel of the kingdom message that he had in that time. And you could look at human history from all the way back till right now, and you could look at every single person around the world and you could fit each person into one of these four things or one of these four places, all right? And we read about this parable in Matthew chapter 13, 3 through 9. You also read about it in Mark 4, Luke 8. It's in, it's in almost all the Gospels. But it's one thing, right? It's one to have a few parables, but we actually have Jesus' interpretation or revelation of this parable. Like this is one of the parables he he taught and then he actually went back and and he broke down what it really meant. He broke down the meaning of this parable. This is like what I think of the most significant parable. In the Bible and let me tell you why it's the most significant you say how is it the most it's the most important parable in the Bible and the reason why I say that is because in Mark chapter 4 Jesus talks about this parable you know what he says he says do you not understand this parable he says because if you don't understand this parable he's talking about the, the parable of the sower and the seed how will you understand all the rest of the parables Read it for yourself. Mark 4, 13. If you don't understand this parable, you won't understand none of them. So I wanted to spend some time talking about this parable today. Is that cool? I want to go in on this parable because I believe if you get revelation on this parable, as you start to read all the other parables, you'll start to understand the character of the king in the kingdom. You'll start to understand who you are in the kingdom of God. And you'll start to see where you're at in the kingdom of God. And if your heart is open to receiving the revelation and the seed of the kingdom today. Because if this parable becomes clear, right, in the light of Jesus' explanation, we can see ourselves in the kingdom worthy as sons and daughters of the king. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your gospel message. I thank you, God, for the seed that is about to be sown into the hearts of every single person that is here, including myself, God. Do what you see fit, Father, in our lives. Give us revelation and understanding of who you are and what life in your kingdom is all about. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen, amen. All right, so let's read this scripture together, all right? This comes from Matthew 13, 3 through 9. I think we're going to have it on the screens here. It says, then he spoke many things in parables saying, behold, a sower went out to sow and he sowed some seeds, fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they didn't have, they didn't have much earth and immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun came, they were scorched and because they had no roots, they withered away. Some fell amongst thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them out. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Those who have ears, here goes that message again, let them what? Hear. He's saying those that have ears, let them hear. The reason why he said that is because people weren't really hearing what he was saying. Then he goes off to explain it in verse 18. He says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of what? The kingdom. This is important. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, so he's not just talking about himself, he's not just talking about like something else, another gospel. He's talking about the kingdom of God. When they hear the word of the kingdom and do not understand it, it's like the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his hearts. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who receives seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he or she stumbles. Now he who receives seed amongst thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit. And produces fruit some hundredfold some 60 and some 30 amen for that right so I want to break this thing down is that cool because Jesus got some bars on this thing and I want to break this thing down the first thing we see about in this rhyme of Jesus we see the sower right can't have the seed sown without the sower so we see the sower who is the sower in Matthew 13 a whole nother chapter It it talks about, there's another parable about the wheat and the tares, and that parable talks about he who sows is Jesus. So we know that the sower who's sowing the seed of the kingdom is Jesus. Say Jesus. I just want to make sure y'all paying attention. (laughs) So we could say that the sower in this parable is a reference to Jesus, right? The second thing we see is we don't just see the sower, we see the seed, Well, the seed is the word of the kingdom, right? The gospel of the kingdom, which is the theme that Jesus is preaching about in the gospels, right? Jesus came to this world to preach the gospel of the kingdom, right? To heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. And there's a whole other kingdom where we have complete liberty and freedom in Jesus' name, Through the cross, through the bloodline of Jesus, we have access to this kingdom. This was the message of Jesus. It was also an important element of apostolic preaching. We read about it in Acts. All throughout Acts, these disciples were preaching about this kingdom and about a new life in this kingdom. And that they have access into this kingdom through believing and faith in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. And then we see the first soil Right? In this parable, we see the first soil, and the soil represents the heart. Say, the heart. This soil represents our hearts as human beings, as sons and daughters. Right? We see the soil of the wayside, the, the Bible talks about. This soil represents someone who hears the message of the kingdom and doesn't understand it. Right? You read about that in Matthew 13, 19. We just read it. Most likely, these are men and women who have hardened their hearts prior to hearing the word of God, right? Like me. I I grew up. I was like, man, I I was making my own path. I was my own God. I was trying to advance my own kingdom. I had full control of my life, but it led me to a place that I didn't even want to go. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so my heart was hardened. And when I heard the gospel message for, the, for many times, many, many, many times, my heart was hardened. And therefore, I didn't really understand it. And it talks about here, that's the seed by the wayside. The birds represent the wicked one, the enemy, right? We call him Lucifer, the devil, right? He came and he snatched the word out of the hardened hearts. Because these men and women like us, we've been blinded by the god of this world, right? The scripture talks about that in Second Corinthians four. Talks about the enemy, right? The devil has blinded, right, the people in this world. Well, we can see, right? Even though as I get older, my sight ain't as good. I'll never forget this. A couple years ago, like I didn't wear glasses. Right? A couple years ago, I was like, man, but I was getting these headaches. And I went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, when's the last time you went to an eye doctor? And I was like, um, let me think. I went to eye doctor, I think when I was 18, which was like a long time ago. He's like, you need to go to an eye doctor. I was like, I don't need to go to an eye doctor. I see perfectly. I see clear. I, you know, I could read that sign in the back. It said coffee. He's like, that sign is huge. So I went, so, so I went, ask, ask Tammy, I went to the eye doctor. Right, I sat in the thing. I said, I don't even need to be here. Why am I wasting my money on an eye doctor that, when my eyes are perfect? And he did all the things. He's like, all right, what I want you to do is I want you to read the top line. I read it. Read the second line. I read it. Third line, I read it. Fourth line, I read it. I said, see? And he goes, go ahead and read the fifth line. I was like, ooh. I said, you can't tell me people read that line. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah a lot of people can read that line. People read all the way down to seven and eight. And I'm like, hold up, seven and eight. And so he starts flipping through these lenses on the, on, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? on this thing. And then, you know, they do all this stuff. And he's like, well, have you ever wore glasses before? I said, no, never wore glasses. He's like, interesting. You should have been wearing glasses. I'm like, what are you talking about? Long story short, they get me glasses. I put these glasses on and it was like the world changed. I was like, oh, my God, that's really bright colors over here. Oh, my God. I could read these. Oh, my God. And the crazy thing about it is I didn't realize how bad my eyes were. I thought I was seeing good. You feel me? Until I got the glasses on my face and I realized how bad I was really seeing before. And same thing in my life. Before I met Jesus, I thought I was straight. I thought I was living good, you know what I mean? But my heart was hardened. I was blind. I was deaf. I couldn't really hear until I met him for myself and I I gained understanding and wisdom of who he really is. I started to realize how hard my heart really was and how blind I really was back then. See, it's not until you put on the glasses of the kingdom that you can really see how things used to be. Satan continues to contribute to blindness, right, in this world and hardness of hearts in this world. The second soil we see is the stony places, right? This soil represents someone who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, right? They get all emotional. It's like, yes, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I love it. I want it. I want to go all in, right? But there's no roots, Right, there's, there's, there's nothing that's really grounding them. They received it, but then, you know, when troubles hits, right, there's no endurance, there's, and then you start to see people stumble. You might have done this in your life before, like you're all in, and all of a sudden when things get hard, you find yourself back to the things that you actually got delivered from, right, when, when, when you stumble, when, when people around you start to treat you differently and your family starts to disrespect you now because you're a follower of Jesus. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? They start to treat you different. So instead of pushing through that, you actually back up off of that and you actually jump back to the way things used to be because it gets hard and there's no roots. Here we learn that an emotional reception without a strong foundation based on the word will not enable us to stand in the midst of tribulation and persecution. And let me just be honest and real with you guys. Just because we're followers of Jesus doesn't mean that we won't be persecuted and won't have tribulation. He actually says the opposite, that we will have this because of his name. We will. And so he wants us as believers to receive the word of the kingdom, to understand it, but also to, to get that thing down in the heart. And one thing I know about a seed, because I went to middle school and we used to take those seeds and put them on those papers and wet the paper in that egg crate. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And you used to watch the seed crack open and you used to watch the seed grow. Then you take it from there and you put it in a little pot, right? And you used to watch that seed grow up. One thing I know about a seed: the seed grows down before it grows up, right? The seed, the roots of the seed grow under the ground before you'll ever see anything on top of the ground, right? The seed of the kingdom in our hearts have to take root down into our hearts because if it doesn't take roots, guess what's going to happen? We're going to fall away. I mean, here it is right here. That's why he talks about this, this parable. The third soil is this, when the seed is sown amongst thorns. This is someone who hears the word. But your ability to bear fruits, right, your ability to really live out this life in the kingdom is choked out by the cares of this world, by the deceitfulness of riches, or by the pleasures of this life right, by the pleasures of this life, and if we're not careful, all of us, every single one of us in this room, including myself, if I don't be aware of these things, I could easily slip into, you know, amongst the thorns, and being amongst the thorns, my seed is gonna, it's gonna be planted in the soil, it's gonna grow roots, but the thing that comes up on top, right, on top is gonna be choked out by thorns and weeds, So my seed will not be able to bear fruits. I have roots, right? I'm growing, but I can't bear fruit. Why? Because of the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the pleasures of this life. One thing I hate about living in Georgia is we got tons of weeds. We got weeds that I can't even explain. I grew up in in, in South Florida. I say that almost every week. But one thing, we didn't have to take care of our yards. You just mowed the grass. Right, y'all? Right? Am I right, Jay? You just mowed the grass. I mean, it just grew and grew and grew. It was always green, and I didn't realize we lived in, like, the tropics. Um, But I moved to Georgia, and I realized that the dirt ain't black. The dirt is red. I'm like, what is this? Red dirt? Yeah, clay. And things don't grow good in clay. There was a company that came by my house when I first moved here, and they still come by. They knocked on my door. They they were like a green turf or something like that. They're like, for for $500 a year, we'll come and spray your yard and fertilize your yard. I'm like, what? I'm like, why would I do that? That way you don't have any weeds growing. I said, I'm good. I'm not spending $500 on some weed killer. Next thing you know, springtime hit, my yard was full of what? Weeds. Guess what the weeds do? The weeds kill the grass. And then they say, you know, my yard is red because it's just a bunch of clay. <laughs> it's not good. So when the seed is sown amongst thorns and weeds, the purpose of the weeds, the purpose of the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the pleasures of this life, is to choke out the seed so it cannot bear fruits don't understand the cares of this world can be caused can cause us to be unprepared right the cares of this world um, the evil in cares and anxieties is that they detract our mind away from what's truly important how how many of y'all ever been there before right you're going through some stuff you're dealing with some stuff some heavy stuff right Cares of this world, problems, anxieties, and it and it pulls you away from what's really important. The deceitfulness of riches we, It's described in First Timothy when it talks about you know the love of money. Before that, it talked it, it talked about someone being deceived by by money. They see no, it's this get rich scheme that comes our way, and you know we're we we're, we're, we're going hard for the Lord. Then all of a sudden, here's this get rich quick thing. Sign up for this. You have this much money and this much time, and you find yourself way over here in left fields. And it's always an empty promise. Always. Pleasure is life. Those involved in the flesh and the things that divert our minds from the things of the spirit to the things of the flesh, right? And we could do that sometimes even when we're all alone in our minds. And now we have cell phones that, that open windows to all types of different dimensions. And I'm not trying to get over spiritual, but the reality is... This stuff is real, and the, the enemy wants to sow the, the different type of seeds that will choke out the fruit, choke out your seed of the kingdom in your life if you allow them to do that. The fourth soil, the last soil is this. It's good ground. Say good ground. This soil represents someone who hears the word and understands the word, right? He indeed, he bears fruit and he produces The word, Luke says this, the word with a noble and good heart. And then he keeps and he bears fruit with patience. I love that word, with patience. And I think that's a word for us today. That comes from Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Write it down if you're taking notes and go back and read it for yourself. We bear fruit fruit with patience. Why does he say that? Because we want it all now. We want to plant the seed and eat the apples Tomorrow but that's not how it works in the kingdom, right? He says, the kingdom of God, here's another parable, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed when planted into the ground, I love this word, becomes the biggest of the trees that even the birds of the air come and rest in its branches, right? Well, we skip over this word, B-E-C-O-M-E-S, becomes. That's a process, y'all. Right when that seed is planted, it just tomorrow it just doesn't become the biggest of the trees. It's like there's a process of becoming everything that God created you to be, and that process happens when you seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. And all these other things that our hearts desire will be added unto us, is what he says. Amen. So there's an importance of understanding in relation to bearing fruit, right? Jesus made this connection between the two in his parable. Paul connects these two when he's writing the gospel to the Colossians. He says this. He says, since the day they heard, or another version says, since the day they understood the grace of God and truth. See, when we understand, it's more likely that we bear fruits. When we understand the gospel of the kingdom and who we are in this kingdom, it's more likely that we bear fruits. And if we bear fruits and have understanding, right? We probably have a good and noble heart, and we're willing to listen and to learn, right? So what type of fruit are we called to bear? There's different types of fruit. As I close, there's fruits of winning souls, fruits of holiness, fruits of sharing material things, fruits of the spirit like character, wisdom, love, joy, peace, fruits of good work, fruits of praise, fruits of thanksgiving. An important observation about this this last soil is that not all will bear the same amount of fruit. Y'all pay attention to this. Not everybody is going to bear the same amount of fruit. Some hundredfold, some 60, some 30. It's important that you don't look at the person bearing 60 and you're at 30 and you get jealous of that person. You got to be grateful of where God has you. You got to be grateful at what God is doing in you. And sometimes the reason why we're not bearing more fruit is because the soil of our hearts have stones in it. The soil of our hearts have thorns. The soil of our hearts is off a little bit. So we got to be careful not to compare ourselves to what God is doing in someone else. The last point is this. I said there's four genres. If if God was writing songs, you know, there's like different genres of music. And in this parable, there's different genres of the human heart. So I want you to think about yourself for a second. Are you like the seed that was sown on the wayside? Have you heard the gospel of the kingdom, but you really haven't really dove all in? You may be in the process of, you know, your heart becoming softer or, receiving healing, and you say, you know what, I'm just not ready yet. Or maybe you're under this deception that you're just okay the way you are. You're blinded from the gospel of the kingdom. Or are you in a place where the, the seed of the kingdom has fell on stony grounds, like you've responded to the gospel before, but you weren't grounded? And when things got hard, you found yourself thinking the same old things. You find yourself running back to what was comfortable. Make you fall away when persecution or temptation comes. It's not really all about Jesus. It's all about what you want, and we'll use Jesus to get what we want sometimes. Or has the seed fell amongst thorns? You respond to the gospel, but you're becoming preoccupied with the cares of this world, the riches, the pleasures of life. So you find yourself seeking other things first before him. You'll not be able to bear much fruit if there's weeds in the soil that's choking out the word. Remember what Jesus said about the branches that don't bear fruit. He says he cuts them off and he throws them into the fire. Or is your soil ready to receive? Is your soil like fertilized and your soil just like, you know, ready to receive the seed of the kingdom? You respond to the gospel, you're bearing fruit, or you want to demonstrate things that are important to you. You want to have a noble heart, you want to have good character, you want to be set apart for your work in the kingdom. You want to bear fruit, but bear fruit with patience. So the word of God has been able to produce its effect on you or in you. When Jesus finished telling this parable, he cried out, says, those who have ears, right? We read it. Those who have ears, let him hear. Those who have ears today, I want you to really hear what he's trying to speak to your heart. Every single person in this room, including myself, we're in one of those four places. And so here's the the good news, because we've shared a lot of the bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus is just like that. That green turf guy who's knocked at my door years ago. He's just like that. Right now he's knocking at your door saying, I have what it takes to kill every weed, to pull every stone out of the grounds. I have what it takes to make your heart clean. Every moment all the way up to today. Today. God is preparing the field, what is the field? Our hearts, to receive the seed of the kingdom. And so you look back in your life and say, you know what, I wish this didn't happen. Listen, things happened, not because God caused them to happen, but he knew exactly what was going on when things were going wrong. All these things make you who you are today. And your heart is ready to receive this message that in this kingdom, all things are possible. That in this kingdom, everything, listen, everything changes. The old is gone. The new has come. There's purpose in this kingdom. But don't think it's going to be easy. Because it's not going to be easy. But it will be worth it. It will be worth it. Those who have ears, let them hear. Those who have ears, let them hear. If there's anything other than the good soil, we need to turn from it. We need to expose it. We need to say, Lord, I need you to reach in my heart and remove the stony places. Lord, I, I want to I declutter my life. I want the birds of the air that have been coming to steal the seed, the demonic, the principalities, the rulers of darkness that have been lying to me for years, I'm ready for something new in my life. I'm ready for the truth. And if you know the truth, the truth will set you what? Free in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, God is about to do something here today. There's things in my life that I've allowed in my heart that I need to remove. Holy Spirit, I need you to remove these things from me. And he wants to. You know why he wants to? Because I'm his son. You're his son. You're his daughter. He wants to. So I just feel like going to the Lord in prayer as we close this service. How many of y'all would be real enough to say, you know what? There's things in my heart that I know are choking out the word. There's things in my heart that I know are causing the seed to not grow. There's things that are snatching the seed out of my heart. So I'm not walking in the fullness of what God wants for my life. I want you to just be bold enough to raise your hand. Everybody look around the room. It's it's okay. It's a lot of us. I'm raising my hand as your pastor. I'm raising my hands. You say, what? I'm a pastor. It doesn't make me perfect. I need him just as much as you need him. I'm just committed to seeking him and sharing the revelation that I received to you. Me and my wife Tammy, we just want to walk with you. We want to help you through. We want you to get to know Jesus because of us more. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer. I believe that the Spirit of God is going to do what He can do today. Father God, I pray that you search our hearts, Lord. Make that your prayer. Just say, Lord, search my heart. Remove the stones. Come on, pray that out loud. Remove the stones. Remove the weeds. Remove the tears. Forgive me of my sins, Lord God. Forgive me of seeking other things. Forgive me of fulfilling my flesh. Lord, I pray right now that you replace fear and anxiety and bitterness, resentment, hurt, pain, death, destruction, the grave with your supernatural joy, with your supernatural love, God, I pray that you open up the heavens right now, Lord Jesus, because you are the sower, God, and I pray that you sow good seed into every single person's heart right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. I thank you that the old things still are passing away, and all things right now, in the miracle of this moment, God, are becoming brand new, God. I I sense that somebody is feeling the old leave, feeling the old leave right now. Devil, you have no authority in this place, in the name of jesus i command you to flee right now fear you have no grip over our minds and over our hearts in the name of jesus i speak peace over anxiety right now in the name of jesus i thank you god that you allow the deaf to hear you allow the blind to see in jesus name there's no weapon formed against you that will prosper in the name of jesus So I thank you, God, that you're removing the stones, you're removing the the, the tear, you're removing all the things that are trying to choke out the seed of the kingdom. And that the kingdom will advance in our hearts and in our lives like we've never experienced it before. Help us have a deeper understanding of who you are. Help help us to understand what life in your kingdom is all about. We just want to know you more. Come on, for 30 seconds. I want you to open up your mouth all over this church open up your mouth say I just need to know you more God I desire more of you fill me come on all over the room come on cross over I want to hear you in the back come on just start to start to ask him I want to know you more I need more of you Jesus the Bible says you have not because you what ask not I believe that there's an atmosphere in this room right now. Let me just be honest and real with you. Your hearts are open. My my heart is open to what Jesus wants to do, and he wants to. But we sit here silently. If my son ran into this room right now and, and, and started to cry, And held his hands up right here at this stage. I could act like I'm too busy because I'm up here with a microphone. But it would break my heart. And you know what I would do? I'd reach down there and I'd grab him. But if he wasn't crying and he just sat there and looked at me, I probably wouldn't reach down and grab him. Why why am I saying that? Sometimes there's things that you'll only get. you cry out to the father in heaven sometimes we need to cry out to him and he's a good father and he'll reach down and he'll pick up his daughters he'll pick up his sons because he loves us so with me I want you to cry out father God I cry out to you right now in Jesus name come on all over this room I cry out to you God Asking for a fresh and filling of your spirit and your fire, God. Lord, forgive me, Father. Forgive me of going to the wayside. Forgive me of of allowing thorns into my life and weeds into my life. I need more of you, God. I need more of you. Come on, all over the room. I need more of you. I desire you. I desire your spirit. I desire to honor you in every single aspect of my life. thank you, God that you hear us and you rescue us, God. You're a rescuer. You're a restorer. You renovate us from the inside out. For that we honor you. We praise you. We worship you, Jesus. We love you, King Jesus. We love you. Just tell them how much you love them all over the room. We love you, King Jesus. We love you. Come on. We love you. I pray for every family in this room, God, whether they're all here or not. I pray a blessing upon them in this Christmas season. I pray for a closeness. She said you're close to the brokenhearted. You're close to the hurting and the poor. You're close to the broken and contrite spirit. I pray that as we move into this Christmas season, that your kingdom is made manifest, God. That where we're weak, you're strong. And where we lack, you have more than enough. I thank you, God, for supernatural provision and the outpouring of your spirit, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. It's in King Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this building. Thank you all so much.